All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live. It's a Friday, October 21st edition. Happy Friday to Matt Larkin, our DailyFaceoff.com managing editor and senior writer. Matt, how you doing? I'm good, Frank. I'm feeling good. I've got some fun stats to unleash on the show today. I'm just excited to bust them out. Okay, well, let's start. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock. Let's not waste any time. Statman is here. And let's start with Nick Robertson. You were in the building at Scotiabank Arena on Thursday night as he busted through in a big way with the Toronto Maple Leafs. They get a win, take a little bit of the heat off of what's been a somewhat tumultuous start as Sheldon Keefe was also out there explaining himself seemingly yet again. But Nick Robertson, a guy who was a salary cap casualty, gets two goals, including the OT winner, against the Dallas Stars as his brother watched on uh, from the bench. It was amazing. It was sort of a perfect storybook night for Nick Robertson. And of course, the goals were impressive. They were real goal scorers goals. He's got a great release. We knew that. He had 55 goals in 46 games his last year in Major Junior. He had 16 goals in 28 games in the AHL last year. It's not a surprise to see him score goals like that. What stood out to me was the back check that led to that goal. It was him showing a lot of fight to his game, commitment to 200 feet of the ice. And to me, that's the most encouraging thing we saw. Even Sheldon Keefe referenced that after the game. We're seeing a more mature version of Nick Robertson, who's also blocking out the noise. He even said he didn't even think about his brother last night, aside from one little cross-check he took because he was so focused on the game. 
And a mature Nick Robertson, who's doing something all over the ice for the Leafs, that's someone that can really help in their top six. Man, brother-on-brother brother crime this week. Austin Nola and the San Diego Padres against his brother Aaron Nola as I watched at the Philadelphia Phillies in the NLCS. You got Nick and Jason Robertson. Big question for you is, where does Nick Robertson slot in for the Toronto Maple Leafs moving forward? Like, can, do you think the success of his brother and, and what's worked for his brother can rub off on him? Can he be something big for the Leafs? Or do you see him as more a B-level prospect? Where is he in the organizational depth chart? I think the ceiling is absolutely there. It always has been. It was pretty much, you know, a year after he was drafted, he was declared a steal falling to the second round. So to me, he's the type of player that if he's in the NHL, you need him on a scoring line. We saw him on the second line last night. And it was telling that Sheldon Keefe said after the game, he almost rolled Robertson out there for the start of three on three. That's how much confidence he was feeling in the youngster. So to me, it's a matter of can Robertson stay healthy and can he stay committed to both ends of the ice? Because that's what's going to keep him at the NHL level. I think the ceiling is there, though. It doesn't mean he's a sure thing, but I think the Leafs need someone from within on an entry-level AAV to contribute, Huge. and he could be that guy. Yeah, it's interesting to hear Sheldon Keefe say that out loud, that he had to talk himself out of putting Robertson out there to start overtime. Do you sense any extra second-guessing from Keefe, given the way this week has rolled unfurled? I think a little bit, but, you know, it's funny. He did say after the game last night that, Everything in the Leafs room was normal this week. He said all the craziness was here, pointing to us, gesturing to the media. He said that's where oh, yes. the tension was coming from. But he was not feeling it in the room. So it's sort of the, the, the temperature around the team is that it's too early to worry. Let's talk about the Buffalo Sabres because Rasmus Dahlin has set an NHL record. Yes, one that not even Bobby Orr could accomplish. He's the first defenseman in NHL history to score a goal in each of his first four games of a season. He did that on Thursday night in Calgary as the Buffalo Sabres ran roughshod over the province of Alberta, sweeping both the Flames and the Oilers. And Eric Comrie was fantastic in net. But got to talk about Dahlin and this sort of eye-popping start to the season for him. We were all kind of expecting, as the Sabres are the first blue line in NHL history, to have two number one overall picks on the same defensive unit. But we were expecting this to be Owen Powers coming out party, and yet it's Dahlin, the guy that's been an unbelievable revelation for, for Buffalo to this point. That's right. And I'm not actually that surprised to see it happening because I think people forget how young Rasmus Dahlin still is. It takes time to develop as a big young defenseman. So here's one of my big stats for you, Frank. 220 defensemen have played a game in the NHL this year. Only 16 of them are younger than Rasmus Dahlin. He is younger than 92% of the defensemen playing in the NHL right now. That's how young he still is. That's how much time he still has left to develop. And if you look at some comparables, defensemen that were very ballyhooed as first round picks that took some time to develop, Victor Hedman's breakout season, 2013-14, he was 22 years old. Chris Pronger's breakout season, 96-97, he turned 22 that October. How old is Rasmus Dahlin? He is 22 years old. Interesting. I love the stat. I mean, it's perspective, right? Like, that's what you're looking for is, you know, hey, wh where was it? What happened to this guy, Rasmus Dahlin? You know, highly touted number one overall pick that hasn't really done a lot. Well, he hasn't really been supported properly by the Buffalo Sabres. Kind of like, hey, get in there in the NHL and let's see what you got, kid. This is not... A developmental league and I thought it was a great sign that Owen Power went back to college last year as a reminder for us all that not everyone takes the same path it's not a straight line forward and 
development can sometimes come in peaks and valleys. And when you see Darlene now starring on the big stage for the Sabres, that's hugely important for this team and their future. You know what else is hugely important? That would be Eric Comrie in net. Mike McKenna wrote a great story on dailyfaceoff.com earlier this week after Comrie uh, basically stifled the Edmonton Oilers and their offense with another 40-plus save per, uh, performance, which he then repeated against the Calgary Flames. He said that he saw some traits in Comrie to start that you know maybe are proof that he could be the real deal. After a guy that's gone through waivers a few times, could the Sabres finally have their goalie? I think it's possible. I was kind of excited when I saw that they signed him because coming up in the Jets system as sort of a B-level prospect, he had a lot of potential. He had a good major junior career, and he just hasn't had that opportunity. And with Craig Anderson, with all due respect to Craig Anderson, he's getting up there in age. He's not stiff competition. So I do think there's a chance for Comrie to take this job and absolutely run with it this year. Yeah, Eric Comrie busting through at the age of 27, which is not really an unusual age for goalies to get to that point in the NHL. Let's talk about the Montreal Canadiens because it was kind of an electrifying night for the Habs. You know, I know there's not much in the way of expectations and probably need to celebrate those for the Habs, uh, those milestones in October when you can get them. They tee off on the Montreal Canadiens, but it was a number of exciting things in the in the way of Yuri Slavkovsky, the number one overall pick, getting his first NHL goal. That was exciting, but not nearly as exciting as this fight that we saw from Wi-Fi. That's Arbor Jackeye, and you'll know it's Wi-Fi because of the way his name is spelled. So check this out from uh, Arbor Jackeye as he takes on one of the most feared players in the NHL. No fear whatsoever. And that's Zach Cassian that he's pummeling, just so you know. We we did have a little clip before. Uh, you can't hear the sound, but it was X going to give it to you. And, and X did give it to Cassian, just straight up, straight up ragdolling him. Uh, this is not something that you see all that often for a guy that's 21 years old and stepping into the league right from major junior. I love his quote after the game, basically saying like, yeah, you want it, come and get it. Like, I'm here and I'm not going to back down from anyone. It was amazing, and it's been such a fun story for a guy who literally, oh, there's DMX, there we go, but who was Costco employee and looked like he was, you know, never going to even get a shot to be on an NHL roster, and here he is making a difference with the Habs. I did a double take last night when I realized that Zach Cashin getting pummeled like that, and I'm just liking the excitement he's bringing, and also, I think the Habs are using him well. They're putting him on the third pair right now. They're not giving him the hardest matchups, so he's fairly sheltered. And so far, the results have been pretty good. The ice is tilted slightly in the Habs' favor when Jack Guy's out there. And on top of that, he's bringing energy. He's bringing a sort of a, a fan favorite type of personality. It's been a really fun story. And also, I friggin' love the nickname. I'm so tired of lazy modern hockey nicknames. You'd think is you know his last name is pronounced Jack Guy. Typically, he'd be called Jacker. Hey, Jacker, yeah. Good game, bud. No, nope. <laughs> Wi-Fi. That's a legitimate original name, a throwback to like the 1950s in terms of creative nicknames. I love it. Yeah, but well before they had Wi-Fi, of course. Um, yeah, you see the tail of the tape there. He's a big boy, 238 pounds. His first career fight is certainly memorable. And, you know, I kind of feel for Zach Cassian here. He gets traded to Arizona, a team that's not trying to win. He's a cap casualty. You can't fake your way through fighting in the NHL. I'm not saying that he did. Maybe he was just manhandled by Jackeye, but it's tough to uh, to go through the motions as a fighter in the NHL. 
It's true. And we're sort of seeing the plot of the movie Goon play out there, which is an unknown sort of surprise underdog story, young kid rising up and taking on the guy that has the reputation as one of the tougher players in the league. And if you lose to the kid, then where do you go from there? Yeah, kudos to Zach Cassian for obliging that as well, because you don't have to say yes. Uh, and certainly uh, some ferocious tenacity from Arbor Jackeye to start, a guy that's been relentless on pucks for the Montreal Canadiens and a great story. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins, who have been a great story so far this year. And I had the Penguins firmly slotted in a playoff spot as we went through our season predictions on daily faceoff. They're off to a 3-0-1 start, and I said, you know what? Maybe this team could be better than I thought. And, you know, they get off to a 3-0-1 start, and you look at where they stack up at the top of the Metro to this point without a loss in regulation. One of only two teams in the entire Eastern Conference that uh, have that distinction. But, Matt, you kind of look at this and you think maybe the Pittsburgh Penguins are exactly what they've been for the last, I don't know, handful of years? Yes, I do. And what they've been is a great regular season team. This isn't news. Every single season under Mike Sullivan, they've been at least 6'10 in points percentage. So when I see them looking pretty dominant early, I kind of shrug my shoulders and say, okay, I'll see you in April. Because the problems with the construction of the Penguins roster, especially in the forward group, I do not think have been rectified. What happens to this team every single year is they look good in the regular season. They often fight through injuries and they get pushed around in the playoffs when the officials put the whistles away. And if you look at the construction right now, here comes some more big stats for you, Frank. The smallest team in the NHL by weight is the Pittsburgh Penguins, 193 pounds. The biggest team is Tampa Bay, 206. That's an average average weight disparity from player to player of 13 pounds. The oldest team in the NHL by average age is the Pittsburgh Penguins. So this is the smallest, oldest team in the NHL. And I cannot feel confident about that group making a deep run when we get to the playoffs. Man, stat guy's bringing it today. Um, You know, I just look at this Penguins team and I say they're better suited for playoff success. I'm not saying they're going to have any. I'm just saying they're better suited for playoff success given the additions that they made on their back end. When you look at Jeff Petrie, I think that he's got a lot more to give. Jan Ruda, a big underrated part of those two Stanley Cup runs for the Tampa Bay Lightning. The guy just defends well, and you need that. Tristan Jari's been really good to start. And, you know, I just feel like with Sidney Crosby, I don't know that, you know, everyone kind of yawns when talking about Sidney Crosby because there's nothing new here. It's the same thing on repeat, consistency, year after year after year. But his last 82 games, he's got 103 points. Like, Sidney Crosby, still elite. Like, this team, I think, could do a little bit more damage this time around based on the additions that they've made on their back end. Agree or disagree? I do agree that the back-end additions are, are encouraging, especially when it comes to Jeff Petrie. And something that you wrote last year, I remember it stuck in my head, which was Jeff Petrie hasn't suddenly forgotten how to play hockey. And I agreed at the time. I still agree now. He does so many different things well on the ice. He can move the puck for a pretty big guy. He's physical. He can be a leader. He does so many different things. So I do like that addition a lot. Okay. Let's get to some fantasy hockey talk with Nick Alberga. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Pleased to welcome back to Daily Faceoff Live, Nick Alberga, part of the Nation Network and Leafs Morning Take, which you can watch just before Daily Faceoff Live at 11 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday on the Nation Network YouTube channel. Nick, how you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you guys today? Uh, we are good. Let's get to some fantasy hockey talk. And I know it's early in the season. We're still just rounding out week two. But who have been the biggest fantasy surprises for you to this point in the season for all of our poolies out there? Yeah, there's been a variety of them. And certainly, I think the three names that I'm bringing to the table, many of you would agree with, starting with Valerie Nachushkin of the Colorado Avalanche. Um, I thought he would have a really good season. Obviously, Colorado was looking for that guy to take that next step to fill in for the departed Nazem Kadri. But so far, Nachushkin's been out of this world. You know, a top 10 fantasy file. You look at his body of work, uh, you know, certainly just ripping it up on the power play as well with five power play points, but 15 shots on goal, uh, eight points and five goals in his first four games. Like, he's been everywhere for the Colorado Avalanche. So I think he's been a nice diamond in the rough for fantasy owners. From there, we go to Philadelphia and uh, Carter Hart and what he's put together so far. Again, as you reference, small sample size, but you have to be really, really intrigued by the Philadelphia Flyers right now and what Hart is doing. Uh, he's the guy we expected a couple years back. And as you guys mentioned a bit earlier on with Eric Comrie, I do, it does take a, a bit longer even for goalies with pedigree, like a guy like Carter Hart, to take that next step. 3 0 a 2GA, a 9.43 save percentage. Is that sustainable? Very, very unlikely. But I think he has a bounce back season at the slightest, at the very least, for the Philadelphia Flyers. And the last name I would bring up that's really impressed me so far is Vinny Trocek with the New York Rangers, a top six fixture. The attachment are Temi Panarin. He's got six points in five games, two power play points, and 20 shots on goal. In the fantasy world, we love these guys who can do a bit of everything, the stat stuffers, if you will. And and guys like this right now are really, really producing, especially considering their average draft position, right? For sure. And speaking of guys that are the stat stuffers, Nick, I wanted to ask you about Andrei Svechnikov. And he's someone who has sort of tantalized the fantasy community because he does have that ability to give the statistical buffet lots of shots, lots of hits, lots yeah. of goals. But he hasn't broken through for that truly elite season yet. He's had you know career-high 30 goals, 69 points. And yet, he's only 22 years old. He's got six goals already in four games, including a hat trick. So what I want to know is, do you think this is it? This is the year that he breaks through. And will he be a first-rounder in fantasy drafts next year? 
I think he's going to get to that territory truthfully. And I couldn't believe this is only, what, year five of Andrei Svechnikov. As you referenced, like, it's hard to forget he's just 22. Like, he hasn't even hit his sort of pinnacle as to what he's going to be in the NHL. You look at the numbers from last year, 30 goals, 69 points, nice in 78 games. Like, he's a guy who I think can get to that level where he's averaging at least a point per game. And then on top of that, imagine a Carolina team who, by the way, I picked to win the Stanley Cup this season. You know, fingers crossed, Max Pacioretty can return and be the same viable threat. Imagine him and Svechnikov in the top six there. Uh, I think that's a dynamic duo waiting to happen. And I think from the Svechnikov point of view, we've been waiting for this for a couple years in the fantasy world, and I think it's here. And to that point, like, obviously the 33.2% shooting percentage is unsustainable. But even if he hits at his career as a, you know, of 12.1%, even a bit above that, I think this guy's going to score a plenty of goals this season. I think I like what he's brought to the table, too, with Kakaniemi and Martin Natchez so far on the second line. Yeah, I, too, picked the Carolina Hurricanes to win the Stanley Cup this year. Love Fascinated that. to see this team uh, as they continue to grow under Rod Brindabor. Some big injury news this week, Nick. We had Gabriel Landeskog out 12 weeks. Probably nothing bigger than Aaron Ekblad and the hole that's on the Florida Panthers blue line with his injury. An unclear timeline to this point. You've got really, I'm, I'm told, somewhere around six weeks. Looks like a groin strain. Um, but there, it's impossible to put a confirmed timeline on it at this point for the Panthers. And they can't really go out and add someone based on their situation with the cap. So my question to you is, is there anyone from a fantasy perspective that could, you know, maybe benefit from Ekblad being out? Yeah, well, that's a thing pertaining to the Florida Panthers. As you mentioned, they're going to need the money when he does come back in, in, in the time you allotted there. And certainly I think you look internally for the replacement. I couldn't run quick enough to pick up Gustav Forsling off the waiver wire. He jumped like 16% in like an hour after the Ekblad news uh, went local and went viral here. I think Forsling's your guy, whether you trade for him or he's still readily available in your fantasy league. You look at his body of work so far in this early season, um, you know, uh, you know, four points, a goal and three helpers, 15 shots on goal. That's the big thing too. If you're big into shot props, look at Gustav Forsling. You, you might be able to find some plus value on shot props for him. And I think he's going to take a lot of the important minutes away, you know, namely the power play. I know he's on PP2 right now, uh, but I could see him promote it to power play one any second. Um, the other guy would be Brandon Montour as well, but to a lesser extent. I really like Gustav Forsling to replace Ekblad in the short term there with the Panthers. He proved it last year. And some uh, other external options I would look at, by the way, uh, Shane Gossespierre, Kalen Addison's been on fire the last couple games, who we've pimped the last couple weeks on this program. And then Neil Pionk with the Winnipeg Jets has had a nice set of games here. So I think if you look deep enough and hard enough, you'll be able to find some value in the waiver wire. Man, Gustav Forsling, hope he's uh, in shape because he's going to be tired given his ice time. 26-04 last game, 28-14 the game before that. It's a ton of work available on the Florida Panthers blue line, relying heavily on Forsling, Gouda, Stahl, and now Montour, as you mentioned, to try and patch up that thin blue line with Aaron Ekblad out for the next month and change. This has been great. Thanks a lot to Nick Alberger for joining us today for some fantasy talk on Daily Faceoff Live. This segment has been brought to you by DoorDash. You see the promo code there at the bottom of your screen. Game day 25 gets you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with DoorDash. All your favorites and more delivered right to your door by DoorDash. Thanks, Nick. I'm going to order something right now. Thanks so much, Frank.
All right, Matt, it's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. And I know they picked up the win in overtime against the hapless Vancouver Canucks on Thursday evening. But prior to that, the Minnesota Wild, it was a battle of offers against the Vancouver Canucks heading into that game. They started 0-3. So on a 1-10 to scale for a team that many picked as a Stanley Cup contender this year, what's your level of concern for the Minnesota Wild and their start? I'm going to say a 6 out of 10 because it's been a head-scratching start in that the nature of the struggles are not what I expected. I thought maybe this team would regress offensively. Of course, you remove Kevin Fiala from the equation. You have to sort of project a guy like Marco Rossi to be an instant contributor and replace him. And so far, it hasn't happened. He hasn't quite looked ready for the moment. But the reason for the struggles has been defensive play. And the Wild, the last several seasons, have been one of the best defensive teams in the NHL. They've been top two the last several years in a row at limiting chances, high danger chances. And right now, that's not the case. They're bleeding scoring chances. So I'm trying to figure that out. Does that mean, okay, it's been their identity? Most of their decor, aside from Kalen Addison coming in, has been the same. So maybe they're going to regress positively and be fine. But what I'm wondering is, with the weakened forward group, are they just putting too much pressure on the decor because they're not keeping the puck in the other team's zone as much? Maybe that is the source of the problem. Yeah, I mean, 23 goals against at the end of the day. I don't care how it happens. 23 in four games is way too much. And... You know, I, that's why for me, the level of concern is a five. I don't think Marc-Andre Fleury is going to struggle nearly as much as he has. I'm sure he'll get into a rhythm and Dean Evison and his group will continue to make changes to get that team back to the level that they were at previously defensively. I, I don't think they're going to have any issues scoring goals. So I don't know. I'd expect a big rebound from the wild here in short order. That brings us to our daily face-off points bet, daily bet segment. Tyler Uremchuk, how'd you do last night, big boy? Well, remember, it was a busy night for me last night, but yeah. uh, I'll the frame it in a positive way. played degenerate special. <laughs> Only five of them were hockey plays. It was the sports equinox, Frank. I was just getting in the spirit of things. Uh, but out of my five NHL plays, I was perfect on anything that didn't involve Mika Zibanejad. Uh, that's a good spin. I was three and two on the night. I missed on the Zibanejad shot prop by one, and he didn't pick up an assist, but we nailed the Crosby assist, the Brent Burns shot prop, and the Vegas Golden Knights did me a solid and covered the puck line as well. Tonight, quieter night in the NHL, but I still dug up three plays that I like, so let's jump into them, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada, starting with, uh, at the top there, Lightning and Panthers. Now, I, I debated, like, and I'm still thinking about it. The lightning on the money line, I don't think is a terrible spot, but I'm actually playing it a little bit safer in this one, in my opinion. I'm going with the Steven Stamco shot prop. The line is set at three and a half. It's paying plus 105. His shots so far this season, five, seven, four, and five. So he's hit this in every game. In three of the games, he's hit it easily. So getting plus money on that Stamkos prop is a really good spot for me. In this Detroit-Chicago matchup, again, I debated taking Detroit on the money line. But I'm, I'm chickening out a little bit. Oh, actually, not really, because it's a juicier bet. Dylan Larkin to pick up an assist. He's got three in three games so far. He's hit it in two of the three games. And it's plus 130. I think the Red Wings will be able to score a lot against Peter, Peter Morazic. He's got a 3.5 goals against average. So a Dylan Larkin assist at plus 130 is my play for that game. And in the Kraken Avs game, I'm taking the Avs on the puck line, minus 110. They've covered it once already on home ice this year. They are coming off a loss on home, though, in OT to the Winnipeg Jets. I think it's a great bounce back spot. Avs should be hungry. The Kraken are not that good. I'll take the better team on home ice to cover the puck line at minus 110. So with that, the Larkin assists, Stamco shot prop. Frank, those are my three plays. Love to see it. Best of luck to Tyler Uremchuk with his action on Friday night. That brings us to garbage time, Matt. 
And normally I would cede the floor to you, but I wanted to give a little love to Eric Stahl today, now of the Florida Panthers. He's been with them all training camp. They finally got some cap space to offer him a contract, and he has agreed to terms on a one-year deal for $750,000. And why is this newsworthy or important? Because Eric Stahl did not play in the National Hockey League last year to take a year off and make it back to the NHL with a good team at the age of 37, given all that he's accomplished in his career and to have a chance to play with his brother Mark is pretty awesome. He played, of course, with Jordan in Carolina, and now to get a chance with Mark again uh, in Florida is pretty cool. And also, you have to think that the Paul Maurice trust factor weighs into this heavily as well. Who would know better than what uh, Eric Stahl can bring to the team and the ice than Paul Maurice's coach in Carolina? So love the fit, love the story. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's an injury that allows the Florida Panthers to make it happen. But in this case, I don't know that you can go wrong if you have something that pops up and you need an Eric Stahl in your lineup. He's a pretty consistent and reliable guy. For sure. And I think you hit the nail on the head, especially in reference to Paul Maurice, because there's going to be a shorthand there between player and coach. And I think it's going to be very important. If you look at the Florida Panthers dressing room and the leadership situation, they're down Jonathan Huberdeau, who was, from any player I talked to on the team last year, very important to that room. He was very funny, very personable. And losing him from that room was a big wound, I think, for the team. And of course, now Aaron Ekblad's out of the equation. I know Ekblad doesn't wear the C, but... For all intents and purposes, he's sort of like a captain because he's a more vocal guy than Sasha Barkov. And I remember talking to Bill Zito before the season, and he was just going on and on about how good of a leader Ekblad is. So you've lost those two from the room. You need some direction for a team that has a lot of new faces, whether it's Colin White and Matthew Kachuk, Rudolph Spalsers, the list goes on and on. So you bring in a stabilizing voice who's been around the block, who knows your coach really well. So just from a room standpoint, I really understand the move, and I like it for Florida. Agreed. Well said. That'll do it for today's edition, Matt, of Daily Faceoff Live. Thanks to Matt Larkin. Thanks to Nick Alberga, Tyler Reptruck, and our head of production in Alex Allard. Great week of shows. If you've missed any, catch up on podcast form on Apple or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And hit the like and subscribe button on YouTube as well so you never miss an episode. We'll be back with you Monday, 12 noon Eastern. You know where to find us. Until then, keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com. And have a great weekend, everyone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? 
but there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.